You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Wake up, everybody. No more sleeping in bed. No more back to thinking, time for thinking ahead. The world has changed so very much from what it used to be. There's so much hatred, war and poverty. Oh, oh, oh. Wake up all the teachers, time to teach a new way. Oh, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, you had better. Get them the heck up, get them going. Friday on B&E, day one of the NFL draft is in the books. Where there was questions, debate, and uh, uncertainty, we now have clarity of who's going where with the 31 picks in the first round, including our man B. John Robinson. We'll get you details, the highlights of night one. Houston Texans making a splash, going two and three. Dallas Cowboys go defense late in the first round after potentially having their pick traded or drafted right out from under them uh, by the Buffalo Bills. We'll get to those top stories. Uh, all the news notes and conversation from round one of the NFL draft. Obviously a huge story dropped right ahead of the draft with the Baltimore Ravens getting a deal done with Lamar Jackson. We'll dive into the ramifications there. Also a huge day on the uh, for the Longhorns on the uh, transfer portal situation. Rodney Terry added another major piece to his arsenal for 2023 and 24. We'll dive in there. Baseball as well. NBA uh, the Eastern Conference semifinals are set after last night, so we have a lot to do on this Friday morning. Appreciate you being there. Early Bird always gets the worm, however you're finding us. Could be 104.9 on the FM dial, maybe 101.9 FM, AM 1260, always available. And, of course, always digitally. Take us uh, wherever you go on your smartphone when you download that Horn app, absolutely free. Listen to us wherever you are. Also on your smart speaker at uh, home and work and Always available at our website, whether you want to listen to it and stream it or watch it on our Twitch channel. It's right there for you, Mr. Godbolt, at hornfm.com. Good morning to the soldiers at Fort Hood, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so very much for what you do. It is appreciated. Thank you very, very much. Be safe out there, please. Could be some rain in the forecast today. Well, yeah, it'd be beautiful most of the day, and then uh, around about dinner time, seventy percent, seven, eight. Well, not just for a chance, but a chance for some severe weather. Another mm. front coming from west to east, and that's uh, the same reason the Longhorn. We'll tell you about in the headlines coming up. Longhorn baseball has moved their series at TCU to tomorrow. They're going to play a uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday series with the Horn Frogs because uh, that line of storms are going to be coming across the great sure, states yeah. right around dinner time tonight, six, seven o'clock. Uh, and could be some some high winds and hail and tornad, tornadic activity, potentially. Another spring storm in the ATX will be advised of that, but should be great up until then, as far as the weather goes. Uh, crisp this morning, temperatures in the upper 50s. 
beautiful day yesterday after it cleared out. But a lot to do. Uh, all the conversations and mock drafts and debate. You know, we left the show yesterday, and I did think uh, Atlanta was the top choice for B. John Robinson. That came to play. And we talked about it yesterday, Buck, with the Houston Texans, who everybody, including yours truly, were concerned would screw the pooch on this thing. Maybe they'll go aggressive. Maybe they'll go bold. Maybe they'll do something uh, you know, with all this draft arsenal and take a quarterback and try yep. to get two of the top three players in the draft and on their board. And, boy, they did it. Maybe and, they'll do the smart thing. If they didn't get the one, they'd get the other one. Or maybe this was the one, again, once they, they wanted all the, all along. Well, there'll be speculation beyond it, but in the end, the Texans took a quarterback. Let's get to the headlines, get you all the trending topics. that was coming fast and furious last night. Let's arrange it for you. Make sure you uh, know who landed where. UBO Business Services brings it to you. Yeah, it's the day after round one of the NFL draft and huge day in the National Football League. Carolina, no no question here. They took Alabama quarterback Bryce Young at the top, top overall pick. First time ever Alabama player has been drafted, quarterback has been drafted number one overall. Houston Texans then made a huge splash. They had the number two pick and they bucked any pre-draft uncertainty and selected the Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud at number two. Then immediately worked a trade with Arizona to acquire the third pick and then selected the top player on their defensive board, Alabama edge rusher Will Anderson Jr. So Houston goes two and three. Indianapolis then grabbed Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson with the fourth pick, and that was it for the QBs on day one. Kentucky quarterback Will Levis is going to have to wait until tonight to hear his name called. Four picks later, the Atlanta Falcons were on the clock. With the eighth pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Atlanta Falcons select B. John Robinson, running back, Texas. There was eighth pick overall. First time a Longhorn offensive player has been drafted in the first round since 2006. That was Vince Young. Uh, he's going to Atlanta. Philadelphia followed that pick by selecting Georgia defensive tackle Jalen Carter. They also nabbed the fellow Bulldogs defensive lineman Nolan Smith near the end of night one. Just loading up on Georgia players. First wide receiver didn't come off the board until Seattle had a pick at 20. They tabbed Ohio State's Jackson Smith and Jigba. That began a run on pass catchers. TCU's Quentin Johnston went next to the Chargers, followed by Zay Flowers of Boston College to Baltimore. Then Jordan Addison from USC to Minnesota. Pick 25, the Buffalo Bills jumped in front of the Cowboys and nabbed the draft's top tight end, Dalton Kincaid, from Utah. So at pick 26, the Cowboys shifted their attention to the defensive line. With the 26th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Dallas Cowboys select... Mozzie Smith, defensive tackle, Michigan. Yeah, freaky athletic defensive tackle. Be a one technique on that Cowboys defensive line. Another piece for Dan Quinn and the defense. They will have rounds two and three tonight in Kansas City. Rounds the four through seven on Saturday. Major story dropped just ahead of last night's draft when the Baltimore Ravens and their quarterback Lamar Jackson put aside any and all acrimony and came to an agreement on a new five-year extension. Deals worth $260 million over five years, 185 guaranteed. Really big day for Rodney Terry and Longhorn basketball. They scored a huge win out of the portal with the commitment of transfer guard from Oral Roberts. Max Asmus, 6'1 combo guard, originally from Dallas, was a lights-out shooter. Started every game over a four-year career at ORU. Led the nation in scoring as a sophomore. Scored average more than 20 points per game in each of the last three seasons. He was the Summit League Player of the Year twice. He joins the Longhorn backcourt. Also from the 40 Acres, Texas baseball series we mentioned with TCU and Fort Worth this weekend has been pushed back a day, so no game tonight. Longhorns and Horned Frogs will now play Saturday night 
Sunday and uh, Saturday and or Sunday and Monday afternoons at Lupton Stadium. Uh, severe weather in the forecast tonight in the Metroplex. One game in the NBA playoffs last night. Boston Celtics have advanced to round two. They did it with a 128-120 win in Atlanta. They'll now play Philadelphia in this in the uh, second round starting Monday night. In baseball, Garrett Cole and the Yankees took game one of that four-game weekend series with the Rangers in Arlington, 4-2. to two. Astros had the night off. Round Rock lost to Albuquerque, 8-3. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Yeah, Rangers fans, get rid of all your, oh, your threats man. Your threats of trying to run away with anything. Just get you right back to where you should yes. be right about this time well, of Garrett year. Well, Garrett Cole's been light, lights out so far this year. That game took two hours and nine minutes. Uh, Garrett Cole's already got five wins on the young season, and he's pitching – like the highest paid, one of the highest paid pitchers in baseball. But yeah, they take that's a four game weekend series. Both teams are 14 game winners. That should be fun into the weekend. Longhorns, of course, playing in the Metroplex down the road in Fort Worth. We'll preview that series. Talk to the basketball. But man, what'd you take from uh, round one last night? The uh, the winners and losers in your mind? Well, I thought the, I thought the Texans were huge winners. I I don't quite understand what Detroit was doing, and of course the Dallas Cowboys take another Michigan guy. On the defensive line. Oh, Didn't they do that a couple of years ago? Several yeah, years ago. It was Taco Charles. Didn't work out that time. Uh, that was several years ago. Now, look, I mean, yeah. I, I do think, and I think we heard the Buffalo Bills general manager say as much, that uh, they, they felt like they had to get ahead of the Cowboys to get Dalton Kincaid, the tight end, out of Utah. And I, you know, Jerry Jones and uh, Mike McCarthy and the, 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 the Cowboys brass had a press conference late last night uh, after round one, but uh, I think Dalton Kincaid was was going to be that's the number one tight end on the board. Cowboys had a first round grade on him, and uh, the Bills jumped ahead of him and took him. So then they had to redirect their strategy. All the top you know four wide receivers were off the board. They weren't going to go tight end in that spot because they didn't have a first round grade on Michael Mayer and uh, the Notre Dame tight end. So they went defensive tackle, and there was I mean if you're watching the, the coverage, there was a, a pretty Lengthy debate, debate in the Cowboys' war room. Were they going to go yeah. offense? Were they going to go defense? Were they going to go offensive line? Uh, or were they going to go defensive tackle? And in the end, Mozzie Smith, uh, the Michigan interior defensive lineman, uh, comes in. Now, he is a – you know, we talk about Dan Quinn likes the freaks, right? He likes these a- athletic monsters. Mozzie Smith is that. Uh, he is, you know, 330 pounds. Uh, he's one of these super, you know, vertical jumps, 33 inches, broad jump, nine four and a half. Uh, he is just a really, really quick-twitch athletic defensive tackle. But at Michigan, Buck, he was really assigned to hold up the point, right? He was assigned to be a run stuffer. Yeah, because, of their run, because their linebackers are so good. Yeah, that was really his job there. Now, I heard actually, and we'll play this maybe coming up, an interview that he did with the Cowboys radio network after he was drafted and felt like when he talked to Dan Quinn in the pre-draft that uh, they were going to use him more uh, in attack mode. And, uh, you know, can, they, they got to stop the run. That was a weakness of the Cowboys at times last year. They got to stuff it so the Cowboys get the interior defensive lineman who they think can immediately help them with their run defense, but uh, big picture can develop into a, you know. Well, they re- want to get to push the pile a little yeah, bit too. Yeah, and maybe be more of attack mode. Just a really, remember, remember last year, Bruce Feldman of TheAthletic.com puts out his list of college football freaks every year, like the most freaky athletes in college football. And uh, Maisie Smith from Michigan was number one. Number one on that list uh, last year at Michigan. So you know you're getting a really athletic player. Maybe a little bit of a reach at the back end, but uh, all their top choices were gone. Yep. So they jumped on the defensive side of the ball to further bolster that side for Dan Quinn. D- uh, Ty, you're the Cowboys fan. What do you say about Mozzie Smith? Uh, f- 
probably it fills the the, the position of greatest need in, in my opinion. Um, I would have. I'm glad they didn't go Michael Mayer. I would have liked to see Kincaid there. I didn't expect him to be on the board. Me either. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm not disappointed. Yeah, I think that's you know Cowboys had put themselves in a position to go best player on their board and. Um, Ozzie Smith really impressed them. He he came in for a one of those one of those uh, individual day meetings with the Cowboys and really uh, had a good one. We'll hear Jerry Jones uh, talking with Ozzie Smith coming up. Got some audio from that last night. But uh, yeah, Cow- Texans go C.J. Stroud right, uh, bucking all the uh, the smoke and uncertainty ahead of the draft. Uh, then they go Will Anderson Jr. So you get, that was a great move to get back to get to Will Anderson. You get two for one. I mean, yeah. Um, and they look did a good the, job, you know, last year in their draft. And I think they did a really good job this year. Yeah, I remember last year they had picks three and fifteen. This year they had picks two and twelve. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have been, you know, franchise, you know, fan suicide if you had uh, not taken a quarterback, not come out of it with a quarterback, right? Whether you know they were completely sold on C.J. Stroud or whatever the pre-draft uh, bluster was. They, you know, Bryce Anderson would have been their pick had they had the number one pick, but he was going to be off the board. Uh, they take the QB. They'll work with C.J. Stroud. He'll be the the uh, the quarterback of the future. But then they also deliver a uh, a a you know a foundational piece on the defensive side of the ball for new new head coach D'Amico Ryan's in Will Anderson Jr. the uh, the pass rush specialist. Yeah, Will Anderson's going to have to learn how to be in a four three now, right? He's going to be more of a defensive end. Yeah, that's you know, what that's what D'Amico's all about. Yeah, D'Amico Ryan's coming in to uh, install that defense. But you know, he he was at a, a spot in San Francisco where it was all about the D line and the pass rush and uh, their ability with with uh, Bose off the edge and just depth at the D line. And that begins with Will Anderson, who immediately becomes uh, you know one of the best defensive players on that on that Texans team. And look, they, they it was you know to come back up from twelve all the way to number three was going to cost you a little bit. They gave up the thirty third pick, uh, which they owned uh, early pick in tonight's round two. Um, really, just flipped three and twelve, and then gave up thirty three. They gave up a um, a third round pick next year, and they gave up one of their two number ones next year. They gave up. Uh, remember, the Texans had two more number one picks next year from the Deshaun Watson trade. And they used one of those. I have not seen specifically which one they gave up, whether it's theirs or the Cleveland pick for next year. But they gave Arizona one of those. And give Arizona some credit. They were desperate to get out of that pick, and they did. They picked up a, cap, a draft haul, and then they Take changed some tackles. Then they came back up um, from twelve to six and drafted the, uh, the 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 offensive tackle out of Ohio State, Paris Johnson, because they need someone to protect Kyler Murray's blindside big picture. They felt like they could go back a little bit and still get him. So they got some capital from Houston, then gave up some capital to go back to Detroit. And uh, I'm with you on Detroit. Jameer Gibbs at 12. Yeah, that's just too early. Jameer Gibbs, clearly the— Unless you uh, had a running back. Why'd you get rid of the other dude? Who, Jamal Williams? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, he you know, he led the, led the uh, NFL in touchdowns last year. But as a free agent, I think they felt like they could do what they did, right? Go younger uh, and draft a rookie to go with the— uh, Swift, De- DeAndre Swift De- is, is in a contract here. Yeah, DeAndre year Swift and Jameer oh. Gibbs will be their running backs. I mean, uh, or Gibbs can do it all. Yeah, Jamal Williams was more of a you know goal line back, short yardage kind of back. Uh, but this gives them a combination of DeAndre Swift, Swift, and then Jameer Gibbs, who I know you like a lot. I, I mean, like him a lot. I, I, mean, I like him because you can line him up as a receiver, just dead up, wide out if you need be. And look, it feels like this. I mean, a lot of people will question the Lions because of trading back and then. You know, if you wanted a running back, you could have taken Bijan Robinson at six and not trade it back. Uh, but they trade back to twelve. They take, take Jameer Gibbs, um, and then with the eighteenth pick they had, they took Jack Campbell, the linebacker from Iowa State, who's a good player. But most people had him pegged as a second, second round, round pick. pick yeah. yeah, I mean, just a solid, 
second round. 40. He's a big dude now. He's, he's tall. He can get after it. Well, I think the Lions are looking at it like this. I mean, we, we're looking for starters. We're looking for guys to come and walk in and start on a 12-ball team. Well, he'll be a team. starter, but they need a corner that can be they – need, they need some help in that bad secondary. Well, that's going to be the question. Their pass defense was the worst in the league last year, and they didn't address that. I wonder if they were stunned a little bit when the, uh, when the, when the uh, Seahawks – at number five, nabbed Illinois cornerback Devon Weatherspoon. The Did anybody corner- expect that that early for that cornerback? Well, I mean, he, he was would, one of those top ten. He yeah, was going to be a top tenner. He, he was like the number one guy. He was. I think he would have gone to Detroit. I, I think. Okay. It, I think if he's still on the board, Detroit stays at six and right. takes him. When he was off the board, they readjusted and traded back with the Arizona Cardinals because the next two corners to come off the board were, uh, you know, Christian Gonzalez, the Oregon corner. And Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State didn't even go in round no. one last night. He's going to be one of the first foot, you know, top available Heck players yeah. in this draft in, in night two. So Detroit, and look, I mean, in that division with Aaron Rodgers now gone, with uh, you know Kirk Cousins and the Vikings as the defending champs, I think the Lions feel like, you know, we're in this thing. Let's well, go. They better get division. some secondary help with Jordan Addison headed to Minnesota. I know, yeah, they they, they signed one of the Cincinnati. DBs, I'm pretty sure, right? Uh, well, they traded Jeffrey Okuda. We'll look at what the Lions did. They did try to shore up their secondary through free agency and during the trade process. Uh, but Dan Campbell and his team in, in Detroit will be questioned uh, just for maybe a reach on the linebacker. But I think they were looking for a sturdy linebacker in the middle. Remember, they also have the... Uh, I mean, the, the move by the Texans, just a common sense move we had talked about. If you don't get one, you need to just go ahead and take the ne- the, the other guy. I mean, you, I well, mean, that's been the consensus, right? Yes. And... You All the stuff that came up, I mean, the smart thing to do is what they did last night. If you don't take one, and you put the relief on on C.J. Stroud's face. I mean, that dude was crying just because of the, all the pressure that's been on him. Well, and I do think, look, there's already going to be, you know, conjecture and speculation in Houston that ownership stepped in and forced the, the pick of the quarterback, mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe even over the draft board. I mean, all the reporting ahead of time was that, you know, they, they, had, they didn't favor the quarterback there. But and look, we talked about you know that this is a first year head coach, right? And then a first year coach and D'Amico Ryan's working with Nick Casario. He's not there to tank, right? Yeah, he's there yeah. To, to to follow his draft board. But you know, I don't think it would be wrong for Cal McNair and the owner to step in and say, "Guys, we got to take quarterback. Mm-hmm. Take your best quarterback, please." I mean, we 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 didn't take one last year. And look for the Texans. Unfortunately, they had three and. 15 last year in the first round, and there really wasn't a quarterback to take. Malik Willis was the first quarterback, or Kenny Pickett went off the board of the Steelers in the first round, but then not another one until the third round. There wasn't really seen as a franchise quarterback. In this draft, they would have preferred Bryce Young, but they take C.J. Stroud, and I think it was the right thing to do. Uh, you know, see what, see what he's got. We know he can really throw the football. Obviously, the uh, the cognitive score or whatever was devaluing him ahead of the draft. It's something you'll be concerned about and follow, but no one doubts his ability to throw the football. Uh, probably the best pure passer in the draft, and then to get the uh, best pure pass rusher in the draft, one pick later, is a is a nice nice get yes. for the Houston Texans at two and three. And you know they didn't have to give up. I mean they gave up quite a bit to do it, but they still have plenty of draft picks and draft capital. Where do they ever today and tomorrow? Um, and they only give up. They still have a first round pick next year uh, that they can they can hold on to because they they gave up one of their twos one of their two first next year. In Houston, Anthony Richardson to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, that's going to be interesting. You know, Shane Steichen comes in from uh, Philadelphia, where he was the offensive coordinator with Nick Sirianni. He become you know he's familiar with Jalen Hurts and uh, you know working with the RPO game and a running quarterback and working with quarterbacks. Remember, Steichen was with uh, Justin Herbert when he first came in the league with the LA Chargers, so he's seen as a developer of quarterbacks. And everybody knows that Anthony Richardson out of Florida is a really raw prospect, but man. Freaky athletic, and uh, if he develops and 
works on his accuracy, he can be a handful. Once again, they got a quarterback that can go along, go along with their run game, too. Yeah, yeah with uh, Jonathan Taylor next to him. Uh, good offensive line in Indianapolis, and he's going to be their choice to, to develop and be their quarterback of the future. I thought the Seahawks had a great night. I thought the Seahawks had five, getting Devon Weatherspoon to you know shore up that secondary and then come back with with uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. How about that receiver's core now? With yeah. uh, they got Geno Smith re-signed in Seattle. Pete Carroll and company now have uh, DK Metcalf, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Tyler Lockett. They're handing the ball to uh, Kenneth Walker the third, the running back out of Michigan State who they took last year. That is a good-looking team in the AFC, the NFC West, with San Francisco as the favorite. You know they're right there. Seahawks were in the playoffs one year ago, and they're looking. Yeah, to, the Seahawks can play the game now. They can come back. Yeah. And, and and look for their quarterback now, right? Will Levis is still around. I mean, why not? Well, they could, or they just. I, I tend to think the Seahawks are just going to ride with Geno Smith, and and if they're lousy, they'll be in. They'll be in the running for for one of the top quarterbacks next year. Yeah, but I don't think Seahawks are lousy next year. I think they're. Oh no, but I'm saying, but if they are, I mean, if they if the quarterback if if the if their quarterback now just had the year of his life, and that's going to be yeah. It. If, he, if he reverts to. You know, pre last year, Geno Smith. And mm-hmm. They're not nearly as good. Yes, they, they'll be in the mix, but uh, I don't. I don't think they'll be a team contending for the number one overall pick, which is where you're gonna have to get to get to, you know, Caleb Williams or you know, Drake. No, they Drake run May. the ball too well. Yeah, uh, and look, Pete Carroll really likes Geno Smith. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Uh, and he really feels like guy threw 30 touchdowns last year. He didn't turn the ball over. And what they needed to do in Seattle is improve that defense. So they can get some stops. And uh, Devon Weatherspoon, remember Legion of Boom for Pete Carroll, and they had the great secondary. I think they're thinking about trying to, to get back because uh, they had a good, good. Yeah, how about, Seahawks had a great draft last year. How cool was it to hear that, that the mother of the owner of the Carolina Panthers had a lot to do with Bryce Young? She says, That's my guy. She let her son know <laughs> that's the guy you need to take. She, uh, She's 91 years old. Grandma knows. Well, I think Bryce Young was, would have been the one pick for most anybody who had that sp- slot and give Carolina credit for going up there and getting it. And, uh, you know, bringing in their quarterback of the future uh, and face of their franchise, without a doubt. That'll be the question in Houston. My, my thought last night was: Was the Philadelphia Eagles did they want did they want Bijan all along, or did they get the guy that they really, really wanted? Did they really? I mean, are they trying to go Georgia North? What are they doing? Well, look, I mean, that's you know, Cowboy fans breathed a sigh of relief when Bijan went off the board to Atlanta at eight, and he wasn't going to be on the board for Philadelphia. But Philadelphia immediately traded up with the Bears one slot. Wow! To take Jalen Carter, and look, I mean. Uh, you know, off-field stuff aside, most people would tell you Jalen Carter was the best prospect in this draft, non-quarterback, uh, just a game wrecker in the middle, uh, just one of those unblockable players. You'll put him next to Remember last year in this draft they took Jordan Davis, the massive tackle out of Georgia off that the national championship winning team. Fletcher they, Cox still plays for Fletcher them, Fletcher Cox is still there. Yeah, they'll, uh, be on his, they'll be on him about his weight. They'll be, that'll be... That'll be a tough locker room to come in and think that you're the the big deal there. Well, that that's a for for a guy who may have some maturity issues yes. in uh, Jalen Carter going into that Philadelphia room with with guys like Fletcher Cox, team that was just in the Super Bowl. That can be a good culture for him to uh, know how sure. things operate. And remember, Jordan Davis, the massive tackle, was taken by the Eagles last year. Now they add Jalen Carter. Well, they were in the Kobe Dean too. They already have another. They, yeah, they got four. They got four key members off that Georgia defense that was so great two years ago. Uh, Nicobe Dean, the linebacker, now Nolan Smith and Jalen Carter. Cowboys and everybody in the NFC is going to have to deal with that on the defensive side of the ball for the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, those guys know one another. Uh, they won a lot of football games at Georgia. So you got really three of the d- best four defensive linemen that they've had. Uh, and Jalen Carter may be being the best of the bunch. And Nolan Smith, 
know, the only question on him was he didn't play last year. He got hurt. He, he uh, tore a pec mm-hmm. in November, so he wasn't playing when they won the national championship at Georgia. But a freaky athlete who was the number one high school recruit coming out. Uh, he's kind of a tweener a little bit. Uh, but, boy, in that Philadelphia scheme, he'll just be a pass rush specialist. He's going to come off the edge and uh, rush the passer, which the, Cow- the Eagles led the NFL in sacks one year ago and nearly broke the record of the Chicago Bears for sacks in one season, and they add two more defensive linemen to that group. What, are, now, what does the Cowboys have in the second round or early third? Do they have do they, they have picks? They have a, the, the 58th pick? 56. 56? Cowboys have 56. Uh, I don't know why I had a dream last night that Overshone was going to be playing for the Cowboys somewhere. Maybe in the third round. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, maybe in the third round. Not Maybe not the second round. They got round. a third round pick. They do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, somebody said, uh, don't bury the lead. Which horn personality had the best pluckers picks? Did, Chad, did Chad find a way to cheat? Uh, I was. Were you watching him Chad, closely? Chad was just eating, enjoying himself. <laughs> oh, he, was, he, he, was, he stayed away from it after. Yeah, I mean, he was kind of just my, the baby, accusations my last year, showing me how to do it at the beginning. We got 10 picks, right? So. Got 10. We did not get to 10 at pluckers Oak Hill. It, there was a stretch where we got like 12 in a row wrong, though. Yeah, we did too. And there was, a, there was a stretch where I think we ended up with seven or eight total out of the 31 picks. And we knew this was going to be an unpredictable draft. There were about eight times where we picked the right p- position, wrong player, where we took the door wrong corner at the wrong time. And then, gosh, multiple times we were one pick off, uh, you know, you know, pick to pick, but uh, we picked Joey Porter like five times in a row. I know, right? We had we had several Nolan people t- take Joey Porter, and no one took him. People kept on saying I I might need to be Nolan Smith's agent because I was trying to convince people to pick him all night. <laughs> well, and, and, and in the top silly. ten, the one that kept getting picked that, did, that didn't go was Tyree Wilson, get out of Texas Tech. Everybody kept putting him on the on the ballot, and uh, he didn't go off the board until late in the top ten when Tyree Wilson was drafted by. The Raiders. The Oakland Raiders. The, or the Vegas, Las Vegas, Vegas Raiders. Raiders at number seven. I think that's a uh, solid pick right there for them. Vegas gets Tyree Wilson to play with pair with Max Crosby, who comes off the other edge there in Vegas. Uh, that's pretty good. Pretty good. So uh, we will certainly Do you talk. Like Quentin Johnson. Do you like that pick going to the Well, tra- it was weird. I another mean, tall kind of guy. Well, he's not going to be a hammy guy, well, is he? I don't think he's a hammy guy. I think he's out of Temple, Texas. Six uh, three and can really jump. I mean, look. I mean, that's the kind of receiver they like in, in L.A. with the Chargers, right? Uh, they've got a bunch of tall receivers. Tall quarterback, tall, tall receivers. quarterback, and Justin Herbert throwing to Mike Williams and uh, Keenan Allen, and now here comes Quentin Johnson. And look, when you got to pick twenty, and there hadn't been a receiver taken at all. Well, you can't was, mess around with that group because those guys are often hurt. Those tall guys. So you need a guy like that because you know what Mike Williams. Somebody in that group is by the, by the time the summer's over with is going to have. Some hamstring issues or something or missing. They they just do, or they're you know they're that's a bad luck team. Yeah, if the Chargers could ever stay healthy for a season, they would be a real threat. Uh, that's been an issue without a doubt in that position in particular. But Quentin Johnston went right after Jackson Smith and Jigba, then Zay Flowers, then Jordan Addison, four straight receivers uh, through twenty to twenty four on the board. Boy, last I like night. that Addison pick for for my Minnesota Vikings. They need a speed guy. Yeah, and go along with well, the best receiver in football right now. Well, with Justin Jefferson, they had to replace uh, the production that they got from Adam Thielen on the other side, uh, and I think this is what they, you know, this is their guy. They also, that's a good receiver core. And oh yeah, there's been some bluster here in the month of April that they could trade Dalvin Cook, the running back, because they like Antonio Madison as well, uh, the the backup running back, and maybe Cook's asking for too much money. The whole running back conversation we keep having, but yeah, Minnesota's the defending champs, and what they won 13 games last year. Um, 
and then lost yeah, to the was, Giants in the playoffs. The worst, the worst plus minus for a thirteen and three right. team in history. Right, and that became the question. They took receiver, but in the end, they really need defense in Minnesota. Yes. Um, the defense was so bad uh, last year for them. When the Giants came in and beat them at home in the playoff game, they couldn't get stops, and it wasn't like the Giants had this gangbuster offense. Uh, but they go offense, and uh, Minnesota Vikings one of the one of the four picks, and the Cowboys go defense. Uh, we'll talk more about that coming up. We'll talk Bijan to the Atlanta Falcons, the young core he will be a part of. Uh, Falcons kept him away from Philadelphia, which I think all Cowboy fans are happy about. Uh, more on the draft. We got more on this Rodney Terry development. Big news yesterday. We've been waiting on the decision from Oral Roberts transfer. Max Asmus came down yesterday. He will be a Longhorn. We'll get you some details on that coming up. Plus, Craig Way has his report. B&E Facts of the Day on a jam-packed, busy Friday here on the Horn. The Horns Golf. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Tour of Central Texas, powered by Callahan's General Store. Spotlighting Onion Creek Club. Visit hornfm.com now to take a video tour with Aaron Hogan, golf pro Omaru Resti, and Charlie Wilson from Callahan's General Store. Onion Creek Club is one of Austin's most historic golf clubs, founded in 1974. It's a perfect course for beginners and top professionals. Check out Onion Creek Golf Club and all the courses in the golf tour of Central Texas, powered by Callahan's General Store at hornfm.com. Hey folks, it's Bucky here, and there was a time when my back was so seriously in need of relief. Getting the right support looked like it was really going to be impossible. I tried everything, but nothing gave me the comfort I needed. And then I found Relax the Back. It was amazing. Finally, a way to help me live pain-free. Relax the Back embraces a holistic approach for a healthier lifestyle based on 35 years of proven expertise with the motto, Live Wellness. Relax the Back can help transform your routine and your life. Right now, get 48 months, 0% interest financing, and up to $1,000 off select full-body massage chairs through April 3rd. Hey, take it from me. You can live pain-free with Relax the Back for a healthier lifestyle based on 35 years of proven expertise. Locations in Bee Cave at the Hill Country Galleria across from Whole Foods and in Austin at the Gateway Shopping Center across from the Container Store. Live pain-free with Relax the Back. Call A-plus Air Conditioning, 512-450-1980 for fast service, seasonal checkups, and affordable prices on Linux systems. You can't do better than A-plus. It's Bucky and Aaron. Friday on the Horn, BNE with you recapping the first 31 picks of the NFL Draft 20 and 23, the highlights, the uh, surprises. And I think really for us, no surprise, the Atlanta Falcons nabbed Bijan Robinson with the, uh, the first, for their first round pick at number eight. We talked about that all month long, that they were uh, a likely spot to be strong consideration to take Bijan. I know at our draft party down at the Oak Hill Pluckers, Buck, that was, we got, that was one of the ones we got right. Because our guest general manager picked B. Sean Robinson with Atlanta's pick, and uh, people went crazy. It was fun, and uh, kept him out of Philadelphia too, for sure. Um, I mean, I got other issues to deal with with the Eagles, but yes, keep him out of Philadelphia. And Atlanta's an interesting spot. I mean, they they have a young coach in Arthur Smith who likes to run the football. Yep. Uh, he's a very creative offensive mind. He was in uh, 
you know, he, he, the, the credit you give to, uh, to Arthur Smith, he was in Tennessee uh, with Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel, of course, the head coach, but Arthur Smith was running the offense, and that's when Ryan Tannehill came in and you know, all of a sudden became a whole different quarterback. And Ryan Tannehill had his best years, and Derrick Henry, of course, you know, <laughs> plowing his way to you know huge seasons. Uh, but a real creative offensive mind, and now he's got a lot of pieces there. He's got they're they're going with the young quarterback Desmond Ritter, who they drafted out of Cincinnati last year in the in the uh, on day two. He's going to be their quarterback, and now you have Bijan Robinson. They've got Cordarrelle Patterson, and they've got. Uh, uh, Tyler Algiers, a running back out of BYU, they took last year. So two young running backs. Well, they like they like the splash. You know, over the last two years, I mean, they took Freaky Pitts last year. Two years ago. Two years ago. Two they years took ago, Freaky Kyle Pitts. Pitts. Yeah. Last year in the first round, pretty up high, they took Drake London, the yeah, big wide right. receiver out of USC. So this just made sense, right? They're they're trying to put a young core of offensive players together with a, a sure. creative offensive mind and. Uh, they, you know, the, the reason I really liked and, and predicted that the Falcons would be the spot for Bijan is if you looked at what the Falcons did this offseason from March 15th on, is they just, I mean, they added seven or eight new pieces to their defense, uh, veteran players through trades and or free agent signings. You know, Jeremy Bates, the safety from Cincinnati, they really rebuilt their defensive front. And so you kind of felt like, okay, they're, they're, they're trying to fix the defense you know, on the fly here with veteran players, and that would leave them open to go offense to add one more piece to that offensive side. And Bijan is it. He'll be loved in Atlanta. I think he'll fit in good in Atlanta. That'll be a good town for him. And, and people who are saying, well, he's going to go get wasted there. I don't think so. I think Atlanta's going to be in oh, the they'll mix. they'll run him. And they'll run him. Uh, and they'll, but he'll, he's one of the pieces that they're going to use. Um, you know, because Drake London was a top 12 receiver last year out of USC. Um, Kyle Pitts is, is as athletic as any player in the league and a matchup problem. And yet now you put Bijan, who you know can be more than just a running back, as a, as a weapon in that offense. And that's what you want to do with a young quarterback like Desmond Ritterbuck, who, you know, he, he was a really good player for four years at Cincinnati and you know, twice a conference player of the year and showed good signs at the end of last year for them. They let Marcus Mariota go, and uh, they're going to give this thing to Desmond Ritter and Give as, give, him, give as many weapons as they can to see what he's all about. So good for good for Bijan. Top ten, absolutely. Top eight pick for Bijan, and yes, kept him away from Philadelphia. But I would say this about the Eagles. You know, Georgia's won back to back national championships, but the team two years ago that won it had one of the greatest historically great defenses of all time. Right? Um, just average. You know, teams average about eight points against them all year long. Well. Philadelphia now has four, four of those dudes and Man. three of the four on the off, on the defensive line, with Jordan Davis and uh, J- you know Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, Nicobe Dean at linebacker. Uh, that's a pretty good and, and Eagles already a pretty darn good defense. So uh, it's better that it's not Bijan there in Philadelphia. But, yeah, Jalen Carter could be a guy right. you got to deal with for a long, long time. And for the Eagles, they have to look towards the future. I mean, Fletcher Cox can't be there for five or six more years. I mean, he's there. Well, no, that's exactly right. right. Well, remember, in the in free agency, the biggest free agent move was they lost Javon Hargrave right. to the San Francisco 49ers. So they, that was a big piece for them last year. And to replace it with – because I don't think they thought that Jalen Carter would be there all the way down at nine, uh, despite you know the, 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 the drag racing situation. Sure. He, uh, you know, he is pound for pound as talented as any player in this draft. And he's draft. got some pounds and he's get a f- rid of. freak. I mean, if you go back to that historically great defense for them in uh, you know, two years ago, everybody would have told you watching that team that Jalen Carter was the best player on it. Yes. Mean, he was the most unblockable player that they had, uh, but he wasn't able to come into the draft. Now, he's got some maturity issues to, to, to figure out, and that's why we say going to a team like Philadelphia with a really veteran core and a really veteran defense like that uh, could be a really good spot for him. And he's going to where he's got faces he knows, right? Three of his 
college teammates are already there uh, in Philadelphia with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, so Cowboys land defense, Eagles go defense in the NFC. Um, and we'll take your thoughts on it. Specs text line 512-337-3776. One thing that is clear, you know, we, we say this all the time leading up to the draft, but it's, it's, it becomes clear every year. Everybody's board is different, right? Everybody has a draft board, but everybody's needs, systems, and how they evaluate players are different. So the Detroit Lions taking Jameer Gibbs, uh, at 12 is going to surprise some people. But I heard Brian Broadus, our good friend and Cowboys insider who was doing the coverage last night, he talked about that. He said, you know, he knows for sure that there were a number of teams where he knows, you know, people that they don't have Jameer Gibbs with a number with a first round grade. But he's, but Brian said, I do. I have a for I, I he said I don't have too much lower a grade on Jameer Gibbs. I do Bijan Robinson, and that's how. I and mean, that's the way I felt. Yeah, you you did too. And I was thinking of you as he said. I was like, yeah, Bucky loves Jameer Gibbs, and clearly. Um, you know, Detroit like, loves the player, his versatility. But well, they get a they they get a runner and a receiver out of that deal, yeah. along with a pretty good receiving core. Because I still can't believe what's that kid's name from Notre Dame, Michael Mayer. No, the the wide receiver for Detroit wasn't he from Notre Dame, Saint Saint Brown, Mon Ross Saint Brown. I still can't believe that guy is that kind of receiver in the NFL. Well, he's an he's an alpha worker. And he's a driven dude. He must be a driven dude because well, I, they, when, I, when I've seen him, I'm like, is he that talented? Well, they took a hit when he's pretty much uncoverable. <laughs> the guy's unreal. But he took a they took a hit when uh, uh, Jamison Williams, who they took out of Alabama last year, that's got right. hit with the gambling suspension, right? I mean, that's like, oh, man, what are you doing gambling on football? Yeah, they're games? real speech. Why are you hanging out with Ty? Yeah. When Jamison Wilson, Williams got healthy last year, coming off that ACL, those two, he, I mean, he took the top off the, that off, like for that offense. Off the and, field. and they won't have him for the first six games, and then they'll have him. Uh, and, and then along with this kid coming out of the backfield or just lining up and, as a and, receiver, you know, they also and, signed David Montgomery this offseason, too. So you got a you got a triple headed monster. And back DeAndre right now. Smith. Interesting. A lot of people raised eyebrows when uh, when you had the, the the pick of Jack Campbell, the linebacker, but. You know, Jack Campbell was the heart and soul of that Iowa defense. It was Six so good. Four right? linebacker that can run. And remember, they took uh, Malcolm Rodriguez out of Oklahoma State last year, and he was kind of the center of their defense. And these two together could be a good core of, of, of linebackers. Yeah, he'll just have to learn how to cover guys in the NFL. Yeah. So uh, there's there's that that raised some eyebrows for sure. But uh, you know, Texans getting a lot of uh, credit for for going one two you know two three with with top players. And you know, the, so at the end of the day, here's the, here's the Texans. They didn't get the number one player on their board. That was Bryce Young. We know we've been through it over and over. They screwed that up and didn't win, didn't lose that last game. Or they would have. Think about this hall if you had done the same thing, but you get C.J. Stroud at one, and then you get Will Anderson or Will Anderson at three. Uh, that would have been that. You would have taken that. That's, that's a good move. But in this case, C.J. Stroud next best option, and you get the pass rusher. So, and I really do think that was a big part of the conversation in Houston that the new head coach D'Amico Ryan's who has a good relationship with Nick Saban, of course. D'Amico's an Alabama guy. Uh, and Nick Saban just raves about Will Anderson and his, the type of teammate he is, that, you know, as far as a, a pure pass rusher, he doesn't think he's ever had or a pass rusher. Or does he look good on the hoof? He looked good in his, yeah. his suit last night. He's sick. I'm like, wow. And I'm assuming that was what was leading to a lot of the conversation. He uses D'Amico was pounding the table that I need. I mean, I just came from San Francisco. I had, you know, Nick Boza, and I had all this pass rush. We have to be able to affect the passing game on the defensive side of the ball. Will he uh, be big enough to put his hand on the ground and, and he'll, rush? He'll, he'll play at 260. Will he? Oh, yeah. 260, 270? I mean, he's 6'4", 255 right now. He'll play at 260 and, and come off the edge. But um, he'll be doing He'll be crazy on those stunts, those twists and stuff like that. 
I mean, if he gets if he gets in, he's gone. And he can he still can fly. He, he can still come out of a, a two point stance. Yeah, he's sell that from San Francisco and Nick Bos- Nick Bosa comes mm-hmm. out of a two point yes, stance a lot of the time. Well, and they look and if you look at just look at the advanced metrics over his last two seasons. Remember, he's if you combine his junior his sophomore year and his junior year, I mean, he's got thirty one sacks uh, yeah. over those two seasons. Is is against some really good players? Yes. And if you look at his pressure rate, his pressure rate over his career at Alabama is greater than that of either of the Boses. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, who went number one last year, pressure rate you know per snap uh, greater than that, and greater than even Chase Young when he was coming out of Ohio State. All guys that uh, went really, really high. So I think Will. Well, Anderson, they'll know how to play him. I mean, they're not going to have him yeah. dead up over offensive tackles. They'll slide him outside just a wee bit, whether his hands are on the ground or standing up. He's really he, his arms are long. Hey, coming up, well, if you wondered who the Cowboys, who this Mozzie Smith guy is. Uh, a lot of people called him Maisie when he was playing at uh, at Michigan for years with Jim Harbaugh, uh, but it's Mozzie apparently. We'll hear a conversation that uh, with Mozzie Smith after he was the pick of the Dallas Cowboys at number 26. We'll also uh, reset the top stories coming up with Bryce Young at the top. Texans go 2-3, and three, and then B. John Robinson off the board at number 8, all part of a busy, busy morning. We will get into this uh, Texas football uh, basketball situation as well with Rodney Terry. Been waiting on this Max Acemas story, and we knew he was in for a visit um, everybody's wondering well, what's taking so long. Well, yesterday, right before the draft, he made the the decision official, and he is coming to Texas. A huge get for Rodney Absolutely. Terry as far as the, the starting five and the team for the upcoming season. And another Northwestern offensive lineman goes. Peter Skaronsky. Wow. Hey, we'll come back. Uh, load up some BNE facts of the day. Load up your opinions. Good, bad, and ugly from the draft last night. What'd you like? What didn't you like for your favorite team? And uh, what's got you scratching your head on a Friday morning on BNE? It's Bucky and Aaron. All right, fog's rolled in again on a Friday morning. Careful out there. Be some visibility issues in some areas as you get up and out and into your weekend. And we're getting you there. Recapping round one of the draft. We'll recap the highlights at the top of the hour, including the Texans going bold. Also in our coach's corner next hour, we'll hear from Texans GM Nick Casario, how that deal came together with Arizona and how close it was uh, on the clock inside two minutes when they finally got an agreement with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, to go back-to-back at picks two and three. We'll also let you hear from Jerry Jones after drafting Maisie Smith out of Michigan. Also, I think the most excited guy on the planet when Maisie Smith was drafted was uh, Cowboys defensive player Micah Parsons. Uh, he was on a draft show last night and went crazy. We'll also hear from Maisie Smith, the newest Dallas Cowboy, uh, coming up. Bijan Robinson is Atlanta-bound. Falcons is where he will land with the uh, young core on offense and a, now a rebuilt defense and uh, – Pretty good stuff. But on the other side of things, uh, outside of the draft itself, your Philadelphia 76ers are now playing the Boston Celtics in the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, Boston quit messing around, huh, last night? That was it for... Yeah, they went into Atlanta, got that win, and uh, advanced in six games. They'll now play Philadelphia. Play four quarters. Yeah, man. Knicks and Heat, Sixers, Celtics. How many times over the course of years have My they played goodness. in a big playoff series? No. That should be fun. Uh, in the Eastern Conference, Western Conference should be decided tonight and tomorrow uh, into the uh, the second round of the NBA's playoffs. And look on the Max Acemas thing for the Longhorns, Buck. I mean, this is one that's just kind of been hanging there. Everything we had heard was, gosh, really back to last weekend that the Oral Roberts transfer was going to come to Texas. Uh, just you know, so every day that went by, it didn't happen. You think, oh, geez, 
Like we go ahead and just make it. Yeah, I was starting to think something more was up with uh, Kansas State, really. Well, the interesting part is that Kansas State moved on. Like this week, Kansas State started recruiting other other guards. Uh, they moved on because, uh, and that led people to okay, well, well, Max is going to go ahead and commit here soon, and it didn't. Which then you get worried about, oh, geez, well, someone else jumped into this thing. Uh, in the end, he's coming to Texas. He committed yesterday afternoon. Uh, Max Asmus, and we've told you it's it's spelled Abmus, A B M A S, but it's a German name, and so it's it's Asmus. Uh, and this kid didn't, can just flat score, Buck. He went to Oral Roberts out of Dallas Jesuit High uh, up in the Metroplex. And how about this? At 6'1 and 165, not the biggest guy, but he started 123 games in four seasons at ORU. Never missed a ball game. Uh, and while there, he scored in double figures in 111 of his 123 games, 67 games of 20 or more. Yeah, he didn't have too many bad nights. And on, uh, he's just a very efficient scorer. Uh, and in 2020, he averaged 24 and a half points a game. He led the nation in scoring at Oral Roberts in, in his second year. In his third year and fourth year, his assist numbers went up, but he still averaged over 20 points. He also can rebound from the point guard position. He has a career high night of 42 points, uh, but he shoots it at uh, you know almost 40 percent from three. He's 88 percent career from the foul line. And um, you know he, when, it, when Tyrese Hunter returns, and if Tyrese Hunter returns, which most people expect to happen after he does the draft prep thing, which he's doing right now, by the way, uh, Tyrese Hunter and Dylan Mitchell are out in Los Angeles going through all the tr- the pre-draft stuff in the NBA. Um, I've been told they they absolutely expect Tyrese Hunter to be back here, and that Dylan Mitchell, there's still an opportunity he could be back. Um, if, because look, he, Dylan Mitchell's looking for someone in the second round to say, yeah, we're going to take you. Uh, and I don't know that that's going to come. We'll see. We we all saw Dylan Mitchell this year, Bucket Texas. He's got a sure. lot to work on with his offensive game. But you know, young man's going to have a decision to make. But if you put Tyrese Hunter, who's now going to be a junior, third year with Max Asmus in the backcourt, that's pretty good. And uh, now Texas still needs guards. They're still going to have to hit the, the stay in the portal to try to bring in some depth at the guard position because you know they're going to to me they're going to need a pure just shooter. Here's your you know we're going to get you open in the corners. Well, this would be and the, let you loose. The, the, the Asmus, when you watch him play on film, he's just a little bit shorter, but he looks like Jabari Rice. I mean, he's not the he's not the slim reaper that way as far as his. The, 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 but he's just a really smooth player. Uh, really, he's just always in control. And and speaking of shooters, this kid can flat shoot it. And I think if you're if you're Rodney Terry, you've got two guys who can run the point in Tyrese Hunter and Max Asmus, but you also have two guys and one guy for sure because you know Tyrese Hunter didn't have the best shooting year last year, and I'm sure that's something the NBA is going to tell him. Look, we need you to. Be more for a better shooter because the NBA is a shooting league. Uh, but you get those two in your backcourt. Your front court is uh, Caden Shedrick, the uh, Virginia transfer with Dylan DeSue and the Duncanville freshman Ron Holland. That's the, essentially the foundation of your starting five. If you can get Dylan Mitchell to return and not uh, jump into the NBA, you've got him as a piece. Uh, you know, Brock Cunningham is back. Um, Anna Mekwe is back. Uh, so you've got the pieces, but the Longhorns with the Ace Miss decision. Will not be done. I saw where they're chasing a, a transfer portal guard out of UT Arlington, Buck, who's out of the Metroplex, who was the conference rookie of the year uh, at UT Arlington. Had a really good first year and has jumped into that portal. He's a guy that, gosh, every team in Texas is on. Texas Tech, Texas A&M, the Longhorns are all in on the the guard from UT it's Arlington. Very good get yesterday. So that's unbelievable. Little, yeah. So and Ace Miss, by the way, twice the uh, conference player of the year while at Oral Roberts. Just a really consistent player. Um, for a long time, and he'll come in for one year as a graduate uh, from Oral Roberts. Good for Rodney. Needed that. Needed to have that guard. Needed to have one in the bank at least. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think the Tyrese Hunter thing, I mean, everything I've talked to is 99%. This guy's going to be back here because he's not going to get a first or second round grade from the NBA. He's a six foot guard who needs to work on his shooting uh, and his ball handling. So I think that's, but again, that's the process Marcus Carr went through a year ago. Um, Dylan DeSue went through that process a year ago. Nothing wrong with getting all the information you sure. can. Find out what your strengths or weaknesses are. They'll let you know. Well, and think about uh, Marcus Carr last year, right? Came back and it, it slimmed down his body. I'm sure yep. that was part of it. Hey, we need you to be more athletic and a little leaner. Uh, he went to work on his body and played 10, 15 pounds lighter this year and had a good season for the Longhorns. Uh, you know, those are the kind of information that they'll give you uh, if you want, because every one of these guys wants to play professionally, whether it's in the NBA or you know abroad, and uh, that's good information right there. Uh, so we've got uh, basketball. We certainly have football on the brain with Bijan to, to Atlanta. The Cowboys pick. Texans going two and three. And uh, your Dallas Cowboys. Your Dallas Cowboys taking another Michigan lad. They've taken so many Smiths in the first round <laughs> in recent years. I think it's like six. Yeah, Tyron Smith. Wow. Tyler, Tyler Smith, Smith. Now Maisie or Mozzie Smith. Let you hear from the newest Cowboy coming up. How about this guy? That's what I like about him. You know where he was last night on draft night? Hanging out with his mom. Just hanging out with his mom. You know, C.J. Stroud's mom looked like she needed to have some consoling a little bit. Maybe she needs a hug this morning. What happened? I didn't see that. Oh, she looked, I mean, her and her son were just crying. I know he had a lot of pressure on him, but she just looked like somebody should hug her. I mean, you know what I mean? By somebody. Just looks like, yeah, she needs a little hug. Mom needs a little hug. We'll come back. We'll pick up the uh, draft Mama chatter. needs hug, too, you know? Mamas need hugs, too. Not all those girlfriends hanging out there, but the moms need to look like they need a little hug, too. Somebody said on uh, Max Acemus, it sounds like Dame Lillard at Weber State. Well, he's not going to over the skis, but he's kind of got he's got that kind of game. He's a littler guy, but boy, can he shoot it and uh, handle it. And he'll be a really big addition for the Longhorns. Uh, you know, he, look, he's a, Dame Lillard ain't bad, is he? Yeah, Max Acemus coming in is one of those preseason, you know, all Big 12 kind of players immediately yes. uh, just because of his experience and uh, can have an immediate impact like we saw so many guys do last year in the Big 12. We'll be back. NFL draft all over it. Be careful out there. Fogs rolled in on a Friday.